Good morning for Monday, March 7th, 2011. Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's what's making news on the front page today. A Libyan leader at war with rebels and reality. Free of Gaddafi's rule, town struggles to build new order. In the national headlines, tight budgets mean a squeeze in classrooms. The White House seeks to counter fears on terror at home and Utah GOP adopts an alternative on immigration. In today's financial news, lost patents imperil profits in the drug industry, smartphone users are focusing on apps, and an insider trial poses a steep risk for a risk taker. There will be more business stories along with more national and world news, the latest from the sports page, and New York Times columnist Paul Krugman. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Tripoli. It's called A Libyan Leader at War with Rebels and Reality. Recent victory claims, however off-base, provide grist for cult of personality. Residents here were awakened before dawn on Sunday by the sound of artillery and gunfire in the streets. When they tuned into state television, they heard stunning news. The Libyan military had routed the rebels, seeking to oust Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. The gunfire, they were told, was in celebration. Before I turned on the television, I was very worried and very scared, said Noor Adl Said, 17, a student who went to celebrate in Green Square in central Tripoli. But it was the best news I'd ever heard. We'd taken the whole country back. But Sunday was just another day spent through the looking-glass of the oil-financed and omnipresent cult of personality that Gaddafi has spent 41 years building in Libya. Few of the claims by the Libyan state media lined up with the facts. There was no decisive victory by his forces. But accuracy and logic have never been the tenets of Gaddafi's philosophy, and their absence is especially conspicuous now, as rebels pose the greatest challenge to his four decades of rule. Not a day passes in Tripoli without some improbable claim by Gaddafi or the top officials around him. There are no rebels or protesters in Libya. The people who are demonstrating have been drugged by al-Qaeda. No shots have been fired to suppress dissent. Yet a segment of the Libyan population appears to admire his defiant promotion of his worldview, and confusion and obfuscation help explain how he keeps his rivals off balance. Foreign news organizations were reporting, based on first-hand observations, that rebel forces remained in control of the eastern half of the country, as well as many pockets in the west. The government's only victory over the weekend appeared to be in its effort to drive rebels from the town of Benjawad, which they had taken Saturday night. But many Tripoli residents seemed happy to ignore such reports on Sunday, and chose to accept Gaddafi's narrative that his loyalists were at the gates of the rebels' headquarters in the eastern city of Benghazi, or were in control of it already, or had captured rebels' top leader. For more than four hours, Gaddafi supporters fired triumphant bursts of machine gun fire into the air. As many as 2,000 of them waved bright green flags and bandanas, and in many cases guns, as they rallied in Green Square, and several hundred of the pro-Gaddafi demonstrators were still at it at sunset. The fist-pumping ardor was a testament to the strength of the mythology of epic heroism that Gaddafi has instilled into Libyans. 
He did it in part by making sure that his was virtually the only voice in public life that most Libyans heard. News reports tried not to refer to other top government officials or even soccer players by name, ensuring that Gaddafi was virtually the only public figure in Libya. Gaddafi has also built a persona, in particular as a revolutionary, still tilting at distant colonial powers that in some ways resonates with Libyans who remember their bitter experiences under Italian rule. His personal mythology has also helped him stay on top of a fractious, tribal, and deeply divided society for longer than any other living leader in North Africa or the Middle East. He may have been mad, said Professor Diedrich van de Waal of Dartmouth, a Libya specialist, but there was certainly a method.